0: In Hitler's convoluted psyche, there was a historical imperative that he was compelled to follow. In order to achieve the global domination he craved, he had to conquer the huge lands to his east and destroy their inhabitants. These unto mention, subhumans or inferior people, would provide the slave labour he needed. The abundant resources would create the raw materials to drive his economy. Then, armed with his greater German empire, he would bring to heel his greatest rivals, Britain and the United States. The conquest of the Soviet Union was not an end in itself, merely a means to an end. Frighteningly, in Hitler's diabolical logic, his Ostkrieg, East War, would only be a precursor to an even mightier struggle to come, the capitulation of the Western democracies, either by their submission to his rule or by their total destruction. Hitler did not lack a knowledge or understanding of history, but he did ignore its lessons. After his victories in Western Europe, buoyed by power, he saw himself as an Alexander or a Napoleon, with the world at his feet, forgetting that neither Alexander's nor Napoleon's maraudings ended well. His expansionist obsessions, which would prove to be delusions, led to global catastrophe. As a result of his war in the East, almost an entire generation was wiped out. Vast tracts of land were laid to waste and entire industries were destroyed. He turned his personal dreams into nightmares for his people. Eight out of every ten German soldiers who died during the Second World War died on the Eastern Front. His vainglorious Thousand-Year Reich ended in the rubble and stench of Germany's devastated cities and in the total humiliation of its people. Even today, over 75 years since the end of the conflict, German wounds have not fully healed. The memories still linger, and they are beginning to polarise the country. The guilt, shame and remorse that are still felt by many stand in stark contrast to potent opposing views which claim that Germany has paid its price, needs to forget its past, and must assert itself once more. The war left the Soviet Union in ruins, leading to years of stagnation and the traumas of the Cold War. Having defeated Germany's foreign dictator, Adolf Hitler, the Soviet people continued to live under the heel of their own homegrown tyrant, Joseph Stalin. He dominated his people for another eight years, who then had to live on under an oppressive and increasingly inefficient Soviet regime until 1991. Ultimately, the mighty Soviet Empire went into rapid decline and ended in a sudden and spectacular downfall. We hear the echoes of the collapse every day in our news, in Ukraine, in Syria, in new forms of sophisticated espionage, and even in the US presidential elections. Contemporary Russian nationalism is rooted in the bitter memories of the motherland being despoiled by countless invaders, who were the precursors of Hitler's Wehrmacht, and the murderous ideology embodied by Operation Barbarossa. In the summer of 1941, the Russian Revolution and the civil war that followed it, ending in 1922, had happened less than 20 years earlier. Despite the brutality of the communist regime in Moscow's Kremlin, huge progress had been made in industry and infrastructure. Illiteracy had been eliminated, life expectancy had reached Western European levels, women had been granted equal status with men, and many of the inefficiencies and economic disasters that would loom in later years had yet to come to pass. It is also largely forgotten that the Soviet Union's military resources in 1941, in terms of materiel and soldiers, were significant and were indeed in large part superior to those of Germany. The Red Army had more than 300 divisions, boasted 5.5 million soldiers, was well equipped and supported from the skies by the world's largest air force. In short... Despite Stalin's gulags and mass murders, there was sufficient pride, courage and determination in the hearts and minds of a people only recently freed from centuries of oppression by the Tsars of the Romanov dynasty to enable them to defeat the Nazi invaders. However, it was a victory won at a terrible price, both for the victors and the vanquished. As an ex-soldier of modest calibre, and like most people with some experience of military matters and the psychology of soldiering, I remain intrigued by two enduring puzzles. First of all, from where and from what depths of human endurance and courage did the defenders of their Eastern European homelands find the strength to resist such a brutal onslaught as Barbarossa? It is perhaps an even more fascinating conundrum, given that the catastrophic first few months of the war were such a disaster, when in the main the Red Army was in total disarray. Similarly, When glorious victories turned into humiliating defeats, from where did Germany, its soldiers and civilians, find the resolve to continue to fight all the way to Hitler's bunker in the heart of Berlin?